This is The Branding Iron, and I'm your host, Edward Simpson. As we come to the end of the stay-at-home order in Denver, um, stay-at-home order in Colorado, and move to the, I believe it's called the stay-safer-at-home order in Colorado, there's going to be a lot of questions for businesses that are reopening in society. There's going to be a lot of questions with how they survive. And I'm here to talk about the strategies they can use to market to their audience, find their community, and continue to increase cash flow. So there's a few things I'd like to hit on this week. And as a result, I think I have plenty to start on. But I'd like to just kind of assess what's going on right now. Uh, I've been working at home for, I believe, more than four weeks, definitely. So more than a month um, as a result of this COVID-19. And from being at home, like I've even lost track of the days. I thought today was Wednesday and it's actually Thursday, which shows that I'm even losing my mind. My dog looks at me every day like, dude, why are you still here? <laughs> and uh, the most exposure I really get to society is to like go to the grocery store. So I've, I've done a lot of self-quarantining. I'm not really out and about um, exposing myself to the world. And as a result, I'm pretty sure I'm not sick. Uh, but I've noticed like in the last week, uh, I've walked out a few times and the amount of people that just to see, seem to be walking around my neighborhood in Washington Park is insane. This many people should not be walking around Washington Park. I walked out one day in the morning talking on the phone, drinking coffee. Like I wasn't going to go on a walk or anything. I was just chilling on my patio. And this dude in his PJs walked by packing just an abnormal cough right in front of me. My jaw kind of dropped and I immediately just went back inside because I was like, if, that, if a gust of wind brings that COVID right toward me, I'm screwed. Like, I don't want to get it. I don't want to pass it on to people in my apartment complex that are a little older than me. But at the same time, I definitely understand the sentiment to get back out, get to working and being able to make money again. Like in Denver, there was a protest over the weekend um, for people that wanted to get back out. And uh, without talking politics, really, I think it just shows the divide of, of people and in, in the, the need for the economy to be open and the need to learn how to function within that. I mean, I understand that need to work within the economy. And I also stand the desire that a lot of people have to stay safe, especially for those that are at risk to diseases or viruses like this. So it's a weird, it's a weird situation we're all faced with. So I think to some degree, there has to be some compromise on both sides because we're America. We should care for each other as a community and we should all try to compromise to help each other out. Uh, so with that said, like I think a, one thing that businesses can do to make a responsible compromise is to move a majority of their services to be online or through a form of communication that is not in person. I know for restaurants that are looking at reopening and stuff in other areas of the country, like I believe Georgia is about to reopen and stuff too. Uh, I know for restaurants that's going to pose its own new challenges because they're probably going to have like limited seating. They're probably not going to be allowed to like really run bars too late at night. This is all of me speculating. I'm definitely no expert, but I'm just trying to project on how it could potentially shape the function of businesses. And a reality those types of businesses may be faced with is less foot traffic in the door um, 
and less foot traffic in the door means you're going to need more traffic somewhere else. And that could either be through phones, online, through social media, or wherever else you could think of. Uh, so uh, as they look to foster that traffic and stuff, I think a lot of restaurants are going to be looking to do takeout delivery and stuff. And we're going to see kind of a boost for delivery apps. Uh, there's definitely not going to be a boost for apps that are more transit-based, like Uber, where people are taking Ubers home at night after bars and people taking lifts and, and whatnot to the airport. There's definitely going to be a decrease in that as we see a decrease in people, as we see less people using all that stuff. But I mean, for the most part, I, I believe Uber has Uber Eats, so that shouldn't really hurt them. I don't know if Lyft has anything, but we'll have to see brands that have previously been successful in these places adapt in some degree. So it brings a lot of questions as to how different apps, how different restaurants, how different small businesses in our cities are going to adapt. Um, since I work at a marketing agency, already a lot of what we do is online. So it's somewhat easy to make the transition to work at home and work on the computer and only do Skype calls and Zoom calls and whatever other form of communication we need to discuss deadlines and stuff. But for other businesses that actually rely on personal communication, it's going to be more of a challenge. Um, retail stores, they're going to probably need to figure out how to set up websites with e-commerce functions so they can sell clothing or um, art supplies or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever they're selling because chances are you're going to have limited people indoors. Um, so those are some of the challenges that small businesses will definitely be sure to face. And then I wonder how that's going to also shape the working world for people because as we see less need for people working those roles in places that digital tools and platforms can fill the holes and gaps in, I wonder what types of jobs will be created and open up. Because uh, in order to keep the economy stimulated, we're going to have to be able to create jobs. And if there's no jobs, then we'll see a recession. So those are just some thoughts in that direction uh, with assessing the lay of the land, so to speak. However, when I'm actually thinking of strategies, I immediately go to, all right, if I'm a small business operating in any capacity that relies on people coming in my doors, I'm, I'm going to be thinking of how can I set up a, a social media presence? How can I set up a digital marketing strategy, make sure I have a website, make sure I'm producing content or making sure that I have available services um, for people who need them? And how can I make sure that I still reach my customers? And I think with where we are in the digital age, there's a lot of things that businesses can still do. Like I know in the last episode, I talked about like how gyms could use live streams, videos and stuff to host workouts. Like I know the gyms I'm a part of, they're doing Zoom meetings <laughs> and they're hosting like classes through that, which is really cool. You got to you got to wonder um, kind of how, how they keep this going, how how you make sure that your service is one that people want to use. I mean, if I'm spending more time at home personally, I wonder if I'm going to be more reliant on those small businesses or if I'm just going to be more prone to using websites that are already established and big, big established brands like, say, Amazon or something over what might be a small business in town because they don't have uh, as, as credible as a website. So I think if you are making a website, and you're looking to establish a digital presence, creating something that looks professional is really important because without that professional look, it's really easy to lose credibility in a consumer's eye. It's really easy for them to just go to Amazon. I mean, Amazon's got the budget 
just about outbid everybody for certain places on the internet in terms of certain products. So you got to think of how to differentiate yourself and make yourself unique. Uh, I think one thing that I am a huge proponent of right now is using content marketing to your benefit. Businesses always tend to talk about their products and their services and how they improve the customer's life and yada, yada, yada. And to be honest, it gets boring and it gets stale. And I, if I if I know I need something, chances are I'll do the research and I'll find it on my own. And I obviously can't speak for a lot of people. Uh, but I think it's a fair thing to say that people do that. If, if they need something, they'll figure out what they need. If you're a business just selling your product, it's easy to be drowned out by tons of other businesses just selling their product. You got to figure out a way to connect with people. And content marketing is one of the best ways you can connect with people. It gives it gives people a discussion to join into. It allows you to kind of produce think pieces and valuable forms of content that people can listen to and get information from for free. And on, on top of that, it gives you a voice. And content marketing allows you to flex your brand's voice in a way that you're not typically able to flex it. It allows you to personalize your brand and really display your experience. One of my favorite things with the brands that I engage in personally is like when they put out tutorials on things that I don't know how to do that they do because they're the experts on it. That makes me so much more likely to use them as a resource in the future because as as a hobbyist in, in some regards, and as somebody who's new to a lot of different things and is always trying to like expose myself to to challenges, I need resources to refer because I, I don't have just like an expert to go to. And just off the top of my head, for example, a brand named Mossy Oak puts out guides on like how to use a turkey call. And we're in the middle of turkey season now in Colorado. And as somebody who's going to go hunt, like I need to know certain things about the the turkey season here because one I'm new to Colorado so I've never hunted here before and two like I'm new to turkey hunting so I've never turkey hunted before my background's in hunting deer um and then in just other regards that's like something that brands can do is like establish themselves as authorities by putting out those videos or instead of taking in a like an education lounge trying to be a teacher Try to entertain your audience. Just be a source for them to go to. Like the, the more you have their attention, the more likely they are to want to like give back to you in some degree and build you up. Because people understand that if they invest their money in a business, that helps the business grow. And if you become something that people constantly want to return to and use and something that like you really improve their overall experience, whether the more valuable you make yourself for them, the more likely you are to cultivate customer loyalty. Um, and I think right now, in this time when we're all disconnected, community, customer loyalty, those are going to be the biggest things that help businesses thrive and grow. That's why you see so many businesses right now advertising on TV and marketing about families and we're all in this together and we'll rise above it and, and et cetera, et cetera. It's because they need to foster that loyalty and they need to make sure they have people that are return business because it's easier to invest in the community you have 
and provide them the deals they need to want to return to do business with you than to find new customers. Finding new customers is difficult, and it's going to be way harder right now when you can't go out and meet people in person and you have to rely on marketing strategies that are predominantly going to be confined to the internet. It's, it's, it's definitely not going to be easy for some businesses, especially for those that don't have big budgets to spend to advertise and get their message out there. So if you're one of those businesses that are faced with that, you have to figure out other ways to differentiate yourself and other ways to turn people in your favor and to get them to refer others to you. One of my favorite brands right now um, in Denver, and I haven't even had the chance to like sample their product, is Pandemic Donuts. Um, it's not like they have a huge advertising budget. And I swear, when I get to eat these donuts, I'm going to be so happy, even if it's under pretenses of me being back in normal society. Because every time I've gone on their website, they've been sold out. And like, if you know me, you know I love pastries. And it's just like the biggest letdown every time. No no offense to them. Like right now, I know they're probably just getting hammered with orders because they've created a successful business model. The thing with this brand is... They were work. I believe they were workers that um, got laid off as a result of the pandemic, and they decided to open this business that delivers donuts to, to different people um, on days of the week. And they've delivered donuts that look delicious. I mean, they're all pretty uniquely made donuts. They're not just basic donuts. So the donuts themselves are like unique recipes that make you want to try the donut. And then the service to the community right now. And what they're doing to alleviate that concern has just been so stellar. Like through word of mouth, they've grown so rapidly in our local community that now they're getting covered by media outlets and news outlets and even me on this podcast. But that's a testimonial to what a unique, distinguished brand can do if they don't have a big budget to operate under. It's, it's a matter of Figuring out the message you need to, to put out in your community and figuring out the best way to serve your customers. So to do that, though, you got to know who your customers are and you got to know uh, what you're selling and how it's relevant to their needs. Because if you're making something that's not relevant to their needs, they're not going to need it. And to some, that might be obvious. But to others, like I think people really lose that connect sometimes of 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 what the customer needs. Sometimes I think people get lost in the fact that they've created a really cool product or service, but the, but they might forget that its relevancy for the current time is minimal. So I think that's the downfall of many brands too. So as we face this transition in Denver to the Stay Safer at Home Act and throughout Colorado and then the rest of the country slowly faces the transition of reopening, it's going to pose a lot of unique challenges for businesses. It's going to be interesting. And I think a lot adapting to these challenges is going to be kind of reliant on how a business pays attention to consumer behavior. You're going to have to figure out what your customers want, what they're doing on a regular basis, and how you can make yourself relevant to their needs. Uh, if you can't, then chances are you're not going to survive. And with that said, thank you for joining me on this second episode of The Branding Iron. I look forward to the third. Um, have a good week. Have a good next week. Have a good week after that. And if you don't see a podcast by then, COVID got me. Uh, 
This is Edward, and I'm signing off.